of all of this, okay, is that I've created this program in L.A. I remember the mayor called me up once because Bradley called me up and he says, I got a problem. He said, will you come meet me down at the, at the jails? Bradley, I'm the like, mayor. Sure. Yeah, the mayor. Of course I'm going to go. The mayor is calling me up saying, will you come meet me down at the jail? Sure. You know, I mean, they were just terrified of the AIDS thing, right? And they don't, just essentially no guard wanted to come to work that night. It just reached a crisis point. So Bradley walks me in, he introduces me to these men, and he tells the men, come get your mats. You're going with her. I'm like, huh? You know? Um, and what we had done was these were male prostitutes, uh, you know, transgender prostitutes, gay prostitutes, whatever. So he had just elected to give them to me under the Prostitutes Anonymous heading. He found this house that he had donated. So he takes me over to the house, brings the men in. We get the men over. He goes, they're yours. You know, so I get the men set up in this house. Then there was the uproar about the pregnant prostitutes over in the women's jail. And he goes, we're now sending you all the pregnant prostitutes. Okay. You know, and so that's what we did. We got the women out. Because under the 12-step um, structure, they're allowed to take them out of the prison system and put them into our custody, so to speak. Yeah. You know, so then he introduces me to the people that are going to be the staff and, you know, so all this shit's going on. I mean, it's just constant activity, as you can imagine, right? And so we got the men in one place, we got the women in another, they're quartering them over here. And he says, look, he said, I've got two ways I can go about this problem. And he said, if I go about it officially, he said, we're not going to get anywhere. He said, we're going to get nothing but red tape. We're going to get bogged down in meetings. It'll be years while they have meetings and do, you know, conferences and research and reports. And he says, we're just going to get completely bogged down and nothing's going to change. He said, or he said, I can do something unofficially, and that means that you can't talk about it to the press. You can't really talk about it to anybody. we got to keep on the down low, you know, whatever. What do you have in mind, you know? And he says, I want to put together uh, an unofficial board, okay? And he said, what I'm going to do is you'll represent, obviously, the prostitutes. And he said, uh, he said I'm going to have somebody from the police department, somebody from the CDC, somebody from social services. He says, I want to get everybody from every governmental office there is. And he said, I'm going to put you guys in a room and you're not going to come out until there's a solution, you know? And I'm like, you want me to meet with these people? And he goes, well, you're the only one willing to talk to them. He said, you can have my meeting room because it's city hall where his office was. There was, you know, obviously a lot of meeting rooms. He said, this is your meeting room. He said, you can meet here, whatever, whatever you guys decide. Just tell me when you come up with a solution. Well, and this is what the discussion, and, and you know, to me, the solution was decriminalize prostitution. I mean, these women are not going to come forward for testing. They're not going to come forward for medication, outreach, training, none of this stuff in, until as long as you guys are going to treat them like criminals, you know, and if everything they say is going to be used against them, they're really not going to talk to you. And they want women to come forward for testing, education, you know, medication, whatever, they're not going to do anything to incriminate themselves. Fuck no. So let's decriminalize it, right? Now, they said, you need to go sit down and have a talk with Edward Meese. 
Edwin Meese was the California Attorney General at the time. So he's willing to sit down and talk to me about this. So fine. And I'm sitting in front of him and I'm like, okay, please explain this to me. You know, he said, well, he said, first of all, he said, the economy runs on it. He said, do you have any idea how many jobs are created by this? He said, because every time those women are arrested, he said, there's more money put into the system on their fines, the money that they're getting every day that they're in jail, you know, et cetera. He said, but it's more than that. He said, prostitutes are our informants. He said, they are the ones that we use to get information on the drug dealers and on the major criminals. He said, you know, most of our crimes are solved through the information that we get from prostitutes. So he says, every time we arrest a prostitute, we get to hear what's going on in the street. Because what, what Bradley told me was, I'm going to put all of you in a room. And if you all agree, if they, if they all agree that they're willing to work with you on changing the system, you know, and putting in like a new program, then I'll make it happen. He said, but you have to get me a letter from every department that they're behind you, in other words. And I got a letter from everybody. I got a letter from LAPD saying, we're behind you on changing the system, basically, and we'll work with you. And, you know, and I got my letter from social services. And, you know, I got all these letters yeah, basically I... telling me, we know we need to change the system and we're willing to listen to you on putting something together. Okay, but because you got to realize now that I've got this, the agreement of the system, now that we got the letters, okay, they teamed me up with a couple of, of professors from UCLA. I remember, I remember this. So, I mean, I remember going into Civil Brand, like every department of Civil Brand, and we had to first establish how many women in there were prostitutes. First of all, like nine out of ten of these women were either Hispanic or black, but no Asians and no whites. So it's like they're all women of color. Um, and one of the things that I found the most shocking to me was that most of these women had multiple children. I mean, like three, four, five children. And every time the system would arrest them, they would be taking their kids away. Now, you got to realize you're coming from a perspective like that's horrible that they're taking their children, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, every time these women are arrested on prostitution, even if it's for a month that they're kept in jail, their kids are now being put into the foster care system, right? Yeah. And so as I as I'm running up these numbers, it's what does it cost, say, for the police officer to arrest this woman? What does it cost for the judge to hear her case? What does it cost for the jail to house them? And but also we're having to factor in what is it costing to take these kids off these women when they're being stuck in the jail? So this is all part of this research, you know, I had to put together to show how all this money was coming out of the system, you know, as I'm telling them that every time you arrest these women, and then you let them out of civil brand. They have no home left. They have no money left, no car, no means of support. They don't even have a hotel for the night, no food. So what's the most obvious thing they're going to do? They're going to walk down to the end of that hill, go into one of those pimp's cars that's sitting at the bottom of the hill at that McDonald's. There was a McDonald's at the end of that hill. Yeah. And they're going to be right back in prostitution. So, you know, part of the program that I designed was we obviously need a van that will pick the women up at the jail ourselves, right, you know, and, you know, before they get to the pimp and put them in someplace that has housing, medical, et cetera, because it's the only reason they're getting in the pimp's car is because they got nowhere else to go, right? 
Yeah. So, you know, this program I'm putting together for the county is I'm like, okay, we'll meet them at the door with the band, get them into some kind of, you know, situation where they're, they've got everything they need to get on their feet. Yeah. And so I do all this work. We get this all together of this great project we're going to roll out, right? I remember that the meeting, they said there was going to be a meeting to put together the final, you know, version of the grant and the budget to give to the mayor. Yeah. And they wouldn't tell me where the meeting was. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I need to be at that meeting. And it was like, you know, I'm getting the runaround, you know. And so like a week later, they pop their head up and tell me, oh, we we did it already. And they try to make it sound like they, they did me a favor. You know, well, we know you're busy, you know. And I'm like, uh-huh. Let me see this motherfucker, right? And so I take one look. I mean, talk about putting your money into the, into the cash register. I mean, it was just – I just couldn't even believe what I was seeing. I'll give you an example. They wanted $30,000. Oh, I remember because I wanted $30,000 for my van to pick the women up at the jail, right? Yeah. They wanted $30,000 to put up billboards saying call this number for help. Now, I don't know any hookers are going to call a number off a fucking billboard, you know? <laughs> I just – I don't even know where this idea came from. I've never called a number off a billboard. Why would I call a number because off a billboard? Because this is what it is. They know it costs five grand to do that, and they're going to pocket the other 25 grand. Oh, well, come to find out the vendor that was going to do the billboard there it is. was one of the women on the committee's husband there on the billboard is. company. And I mean, I'm going down this grant, and all it is is money in everybody's fucking yes, pocket. Yes, ma'am. It's got, I mean, I have been used. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was used. I mean, I'm sitting there going, these motherfuckers <laughs> pimped me, you know, to put this thing together to give to the county, and everybody gets fucking paid, and guess who gets fucked? We get fucked. The prostitutes of L.A. County get fucked, right? Mm. I mean, I remember the billboard, and then they wanted radio commercials, and one was the one guy was a radio sale. I mean, it just all it was is everybody getting fucking paid, right? Yep, getting that, getting that. Now tax this money. is where let me tell you when that grant came out, and I saw what they were doing, and they wanted me to sign it. I just said, "You motherfuckers! If all I wanted to do was sell out for money, I could make a lot more fucking money than sitting here on this goddamn committee." I don't need them for their funky little, you know, whatever. I can go back to crime if I'm going to do that, you know. <laughs> so I took the grant. I took the grant. And me and my temper, right? I mean, I still. But I think this is important because what I did was I took that grant, and I went directly to Bradley's office and I started raising hell. I'm yeah. like, where's Bradley? You know, started banging on the door. He wasn't in. And I mean, I raised so much hell because it was that city hall building, right? Oh, I love that. I said, those motherfuckers have used me for the last year for this. Da, 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 da. I mean, I just, you know, went off, right? Gotcha. And I said, I will not put my name on this piece of shit. I won't be a part of this shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, people told me they could hear me like two floors down. So you're, you're, you're banging on the mayor's door right now? I am banging on the mayor's fucking door, and I'm saying I will not sign this piece of shit, you know, and I literally took and uh. lit it on fire and stuck it in the trash can of his, what do you call it, his receptionist's office because he wasn't in. And I said, this is what I think of this motherfucking grant, and I took and lit it on fire and stuck it in her trash can. And I mean, it just, I raised hell, you know? Oh, God, good for you. I made my displeasure... Vocal, yeah. Let's put it that way, you I know. Hear you. 
And about six months later, I get a call from the sheriff, Sheriff Block. Um, and he asked me if I'd come down and, and talk to him. You know, I'm like, it, he said it was about the grant. And I'm like, okay, sure, you know. Here's where they said that they they really, like, needed my help. And, and he goes, well, we can't get at them. We can't get at them past the pimps. We can't get, you know, get any, we can't stop them. And I go, well, I need resources. I need you know, people, I need, I, you know, we, we need to provide them with certain things. He goes, what? And I go, that's what I just spent the last like year or whatever working on. I thought, and then you guys ran this grant out from under me. I'm like, okay, now everybody's been paid. Now you realize there's a problem. Got it. I'm like, okay, so we have no money, right? No, no money. He says, but we can give you whatever resources you need. Fine. Okay. So they were like, well, what do you propose? I said, simple. I said, I think we need to open up a new escort service in town. And I think we need to be holding interviews. You know, I said, that's the only way that you're going to get these guys to flush them out to bring these women in is if they think that there's a, a new company opening up, a new service opening up, right? So I said, I need it like right in the heart of Hollywood, which they, they got me this office building um, in Hollywood, you know? And um, so we got that. And then, I mean, everybody knew I was this madam back then, right? Yeah. I said, look, all I got to do is spread the word that I'm getting ready to open up, you know, a new a new a service, right? And I said, but I don't need you guys coming back on me thinking I'm serious. You know, this is all a con, right? Right. So, I mean, they, they understand that I'm basically spreading the word out that I'm coming out of retirement to flesh these women out. But, but I don't want any ramifications from that, right? Yeah. So, yeah, okay. They're like, we got you. So there was a nice, like, lobby area that we had. Oh, gotcha. But essentially it fed into a back door out of the building, you know? And, I mean, this is what we had to set up, and I had to get the get all these little ducks in a row. When you tell this to these women, you'd think they'd be, sure, get me the fuck out of here on the next boat, right? No. They're going to start fighting to go back to their man. They want to go back. Because they're brainwashed, okay? And you can see that's and, – and, again, I've gone through this myself, so I know, you know, like the signs and what I'm looking at yeah. of, of all this stuff. Because, remember, he's put in her head that if she leaves, her family might die. If she leaves, she, you know, there's She's certain things that he's planted in her head. i got to hit those things right on the money and address it right then and there. I'm like, okay, look, I can take you out of here. I'm going to put you into a place where you've got housing. You've got medical, you want a job, you know, it's something we can put you in school. We'll get you all the medical care you need. You got counseling, whatever it is you need. Now, I need to know, do you have any kids? Do you have any family? Is there anybody we got to go back for? Because once he finds out you're gone, he's going to be pissed, right? Yeah. And explaining, you can't go back anywhere. This is like witness protection. You can't go back anywhere. Now, you're over 18. So I have to ask you, is this what you want to do? Do you want to go through door number one over here back with us you know or you want to go through door number two and go back to this guy so what are we doing here which door are you going through and and again sometimes i'd have to coordinate with them a plan to where they'd go back but just long enough to get the kids and then we had to coordinate them you know meeting oh up at another God, that location is with the so kids, right great i love this well, and here's the, but here's the other problem is that this pimp may have got them physically dependent on drugs so the only thing they're thinking about is getting high. And I got to address that straight up. I'm like, look, 
you may be on something, and your next thought is going to be, well, if I go with you, how am I going to hide? And I'm going to be like, look, no bones about this. We'll get you into treatment, you know, and you will you will go immediately into treatment. We've got you a bed, you know, and this is why I had to have everything lined up. I had to have the bed lined yeah. up. I had to have to where I meant what I said, right? I'm telling you, we would open that door about 10 in the morning, and we would be there till midnight, and they would just cycling through. And and they, I mean, it was like assembly line. We had a lot of women saying, "Yeah, I want out of here." How you know? many do you think? What like an estimate number? Countless. I have no idea. But again, there's a reason why I'm telling you this. It's because of the by before, is I'm setting up programs that worked, and that didn't require money. Because we were able to, mind you, they didn't give me any budget on this to begin with, but I had resources. When I, for example, when I say that I had meetings of our Prostitutes Anonymous program, because we were that until 95, um, we needed a place to hold a meeting at. Now, let me tell you, most buildings are not going to take to the idea of hookers meeting in their building. They're just not. Okay? They, they don't even want the idea of hookers in their building. Yeah. So we had a really difficult time finding meeting facilities. So this is where the Salvation Army comes in and Catholic Charities, and they said, we'll not only give you a meeting hall, we'll send all our women in our programs to your groups. Boom. All of a sudden, I've got, like, every major city that's got a Salvation Army or Catholic Charity, we now have a meeting. This is where they were being really nice to me and cooperative with me, is that in that town, wherever that town was, now mind you, think national, wherever that town is, if I'm getting a call saying, I've got these 10 women that I just found out I need to put housing, I can then call either a Salvation Army or Catholic Charity and say, have you got 10 beds? Got it. And they would, you know, meeting hall, and they're sending in women from the program. So, boom, all of a sudden, we're like instantaneous national. And this is the thing is I was – that first initial period, I kept touch with those women. I still talk to some of those women from that period of time. How are they? Personally are they, involved. Are they? So it worked. You know what I mean? These women got out. One of these women went to work for NASA. I remember she got a job at NASA. I mean, they were doing re- really well. Well, very yeah. good. Jody Williams. What is it? What's it? August, <laughs> August 16th, 2020. You're still kicking? Yeah, isn't that the day Elvis died? Is Elvis I, died on like August 16th or something? I, I think you would know better than I would. <laughs> <laughs> Just a guess. But, um,. I don't, oh, wait a minute. I don't know. Maybe. I just realized we started. We actually started on August fifteenth, nineteen eighty-seven. That's funny. We're pretty close to that time. Oh, what do you mean? You're, you're. Uh... Our first first meeting, remember, was August fifteenth, nineteen eighty-seven. Oh wow! 20, so, so almost an anniversary. It is almost an anniversary. Look at that, guys. What? So what is that? How many years is that? Twenty. So is that twenty-three years? Forty? To, no. 33 years old wow well then this is this is great that's a great way to end it 33 year anniversary Jody Williams unbelievable again gotta say it I am honored to be the voice on the other side and I will talk to you next week sound good alright thanks alright I'll talk to you soon thanks bye bye